0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Plotlines. I'm your host, Connor, and today I want to start a new series uh, that I'm not sure how often I'll be doing it, but as often as it it is interesting to me, it is called The What Ifs of History, and I want to talk about how it's interesting to explore, at least in my mind, what could have been in done or in history if minor things minor meaning like they may have huge effects but they're not necessarily the most important or they're not the most um they're one decision I guess or one decision or one event changes not just um not just necessarily an outcome not like a long story that changes but just uh you know a small thing that changes not small in grandeur but small in uh the fact that it's only one one thing that happens differently and I want to talk about a few of them today and I will probably discuss more of them in the future but I'm not entirely sure How often that will come about because it's really based on my own study and my sort of own intellectual uh, creativity and to see how and you know not not every or things aren't always exciting at the same time so when I'm excited about this I want to talk about it. But if I, but if next week I'm not excited about it, I'm not necessarily going to be interested in discussing the same sort of, not uh, the same topic, not necessarily the same events. So, the first, I hope everyone likes it after all. But the first top, uh, the first sort of what if I want to discuss is what if Jane Seymour didn't die in childbirth now. For all of these things I'm going to sort of give a a sort of my best historical summary of the situation, why it's interesting, why is it important, what are the possible consequences of different situations. So Jane Seymour is uh, the third wife of Henry VIII. It's arguable that you could make it so that, depending on your viewpoint, he she's just his second uh, wife. The first, his first wife is Catherine of Aragon, who gave him Princess Mary, or Queen Mary in the future. And then he uh, basically divorced on his own grounds. He divorced uh, her and replaced her with Anne Boleyn. But if you consider the group that basically recognized his marriage was the Catholic Church, if you take that viewpoint, you could consider his marriage to Catherine of Aragon never have been ended and and never been divorced by this legal structure that had been in place. But and that Anne Boleyn was just sort of a mistress that took over and played queen for a while. But you could also take the point that he was divorced and that Anne Boleyn was his second um, wife. But also, it's also interesting because his divorce doesn't actually come into effect even in his own uh, sort of in, in the original, like in his own sort of propaganda world. The divorce to his wife Catherine didn't go into effect until after he was already married um, in his own legal sort of summary uh, with Anne Boleyn, which makes him a polygamist um, by his own standards, but again by the Catholic Church's standards, he was not a polygamist. He was just had a mistress, and had a child out of wedlock, who was uh, the future Queen Elizabeth. And then Catherine died, and Anne was uh, accused and convicted of of what um, having affairs and. Uh, She was executed along with her brother. And it's interesting, so the Henry VIII, by his own laws as well, uh, you know, basically declared with Archbishop Cranmer that the marriage was null and void, which means, by those standards, she wasn't his second wife either. So, it's kind of a weird thing that you could al- almost argue that no one agreed that Anne Boleyn except for Anne Boleyn would have said that she was the the wife of Henry VIII, but but Henry VIII after you know his marriage or after his supposed marriage with her declared that or before she was executed declared that it was null and void, so it's not. There's not really a lot of people, histo- like in the actual situations, declaring that they were ever married, which is kind of bonkers because everyone would consider him having six wives. And you've heard, you know, divorced, beheaded, died, divorced, beheaded, survived, and that's sort of the you know the standard history. But you know, it's interesting that you could argue that. You know, by legal standards, he was never married to Anne Boleyn, or at least it wasn't legitimate, either by Catholic standards or by the Church of England at the time, under Archbishop Cranmer and under Henry VIII himself. So, so the real so, his third wife was Jane Seymour, who I just mentioned. Who she died in childbirth, giving uh, birth to. The future King Edward, who also didn't last long as a king and was very sickly and died young anywho Jane Seymour died but she, and she was known to be a committed Catholic in the time of great um sort of commotion around religion and great change uh moving and that the fact that Jane Seymour never raised her son who under her son's leadership a lot of the religious changes were made that affected Queen Mary's reign when she undid all of those things it changed the culture and pushed the culture more protestant as you know in in ways that it maybe wouldn't have if she lived and she had raised her son She had raised her son that I think things might have gone a little different. It's hard to say kings aren't or princes aren't necessarily raised the same way we would understand today. And, you know, maybe his tutor would have been bad. But she may have been in charge of picking his tutor. And they may she may have easily been able to pick a tutor that was more akin to her thinking. And she was very supportive, passively. And quiet, and sort of, not sort of um, minor. She was very minorly outward to her on uh, sort of personal re- things with her husband Henry VIII regarding Catholicism, and um, but make. But she definitely made it a more Catholic allowed place to be and pushed for uh queen or for mary her uh, henry the eighth's catholic daughter to be replaced in the line of succession which eventually didn't really matter she didn't succeed before she died but she did reconcile him and his daughters uh on a sort of a uh sort of on a relationship level, not necessarily a succession level, but that's a different story. Anyways, Jane Seymour's living through childbirth doesn't necessarily make the fact that she won't, wouldn't die in any recent time. That's still very possible. And, you know, that's one of the things in the time period is so unpredictable. So Jane Seymour's... Um, Jane Seymour's lit life, like her living after childbirth, would I think I think it would be a very interesting story to sort of to sort of look into to sort of uh maybe write sort of an alternate history, a what if history. And um it is something that I'm very interested in just in general, writing what if histories and sort of seeing how those different characters would interact and and sort of who might rise and who might fall, and there's a lot of political stuff that I think might be very interesting in the future. And I, I really don't know how I'm gonna, how I'll be able to go about that. But it, it is something I just want you to let you guys know that it's something that I'm keeping in my mind for the future. That being said, I'm also, uh, I would say that. It was more likely, it would be more likely that uh, even if everything else stayed the same, so uh, Edward died at the same time, Mary became queen, and Elizabeth became queen, it would have made Queen Elizabeth's reign as a Protestant monarch, I think, a lot harder because she wouldn't have the precedence of Edward's reign, and... You wouldn't al- You also wouldn't have the Book of Common Prayer, if I'm not mistaken. So, there's a lot of th- religious stuff, and political stuff that would have changed greatly. I think if Jane Seymour had lived long enough to either oversee, be basically be queen regent almost, or at least queen mother under her, uh, under her, or while well, her son reigned, or sort of. Um, at least long enough to influence Henry the Eighth into a into less political marriages or you know other marriages, basically. But also she may have ended up getting executed, just like you know a number of her of of his wives did. So or you know depending on wh- how you see them. Anywho, it's just an interesting thing to think about and to peruse. Next is. Sort of sticking with England, but but sort of a um, sort of a, dyn- a dynastic political marriage to discuss is what if Queen Mary and King Philip the Second of Spain had a child? Now, so this is Ma- Mary Tudor, Queen, the daughter of Henry VIII, and the King of Spain, Charles V's son. Who, again, they would be... What would that be? Cousin and... Cousin and... Second cousins? Are they second cousins, I guess? I don't even want to think about it, but whatever. That's... They are related, so that's, uh, you know, dynastic marriages are often that way. But, so, Philip II already had a child... Who was to follow him? I believe it was Philip III. Anywho, of Spain, he was already born to, to to Philip's first wife, and he would succeed in Spain, which is very interesting. Um. So, the 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 child out of their marriage would not succeed in Spain, but would instead, unless the child unless Philip third died, but he didn't, so it doesn't really matter um, if they had a child that would sort of break the ability of Queen Elizabeth, or of Elizabeth uh, Mary's sister, to come to the throne. Again, that would have ensured a catholic transition of power instead of a catholic to a protestant one even though elizabeth had had committed to being a catholic monarch prior to being to being allowed so she would be allowed into the uh sort of the succession under mary which you know arguably could say that queen elizabeth was a liar but that's not really important in this scenario except for the fact that she be, she was Protestant. She made uh, the kingdom Protestant after once she ruled, and a child out of Mary and Philip's relationship would have gained the Habsburgs England. So the Habsburgs were a very powerful dynasty. I I think I've discussed them previously, but not but very probably not so much broad terms, but they were the whole they were in charge of the holy roman empire which and they had lots of territories throughout the holy roman empire not, uh, including bohemia and uh other thing, things outside such as naples sicily um which were actually under the kingdom kingdom of spain actually at the time and a lot lots of italy, most of italy much, uh, or the Netherlands, Dutch, or sorry, so the Dutch Netherlands and the Belgian Netherlands, as well as Franche Comte, which is a part, which is now part of France, and it's a sort of Burgundian inheritance. Anyways, the whole point is that France was surrounded by Habsburgs on all sides, and if England were to be uh, ruled by the Habsburgs, then... It, they'd literally be surrounded by even by across the channel, across the English Channel, they would be even more um sort of surrounded. And that would be that would make things a little bit uh even more interesting because to think that there would be uh future children, future a future sort of um dynasty past that in the Habsburg in Habsburg, England, that would be very interesting because they're just, Habsburgs have a very interesting effect wherever they are, and it would be very interesting when it comes down to the Thirty Years' War, because England would then have not have become a Protestant country, and they helped fund a lot of the Thirty Years' War, and the Habsburgs were the principal Catholics, Catholic forces in the Thirty Years' War, so it would have been uh, um the catholic league the whole the holy roman emperor the king of spain then the king of england would have p- maybe pushed the whole thing over it's over the edge into a unified holy roman empire instead of a sort of a um a nominal political union that uh mostly was defunct except for sort of e- made it easy for alliances and for smaller states to exist but in this case it would be it would become a unified organization and France would have had a lot more, a lot more troubles and the Habsburg dynasty may have held on to a lot more land and a lot more influence and Spain may not have fallen to the Bourbons and there's just a lot of stuff that would have been changed and the Stuarts would have probably stayed in Scotland, and uh, and this would have changed a lot of things, because uh, in Scotland, uh, Mary, Queen of Scots, was executed by Queen Elizabeth, and this would change it completely, because Queen Elizabeth would have uh, not ever been queen. And the... Stuarts would have sur- would have kept power in Scotland as Catholics because James the her son, Mary Queen of Scots' son, would have been raised as a Catholic by her mother, or, or by his mother, and that would have changed things completely, uh, completely dy- or complete dynamics. And you could have, I could foresee a sort of Scot Scotland, um, Frank uh, France. Uh, alliance, and you would have the Habsburgs on three sides, sort of the Holy Roman Empire, Emperor's Empire side, the English side, and the Spanish side versus France, Sweden probably at this time, maybe Poland. Doubt Poland. Poland probably wouldn't be involved that much, but uh, Denmark and uh, maybe Scotland. But it might have just been France and Scotland because. They were Catholic, and they probably wouldn't have wanted to get maybe in an alliance with the Lutherans in Denmark and Sweden. Anyway, so it just would have created a lot more dynamics. Scotland next, uh, the Stuarts might have actually been able to push the the Habsburgs out, and they would have united England under a Catholic Stuart monarchy instead of a Protestant monarchy, which. Things could go wild, and I think that, and I think those two. What if G- Jane Seymour didn't die in childbirth, and what if Queen Mary and King Philip II had a child that you know that would obviously come to rule? It would have changed incredible levels, and would have created opportunities for in- in- incre- incredibly creative things to happen instead of you know obviously history is very interesting even with what has happened has happened but having the possibility of new things different things to happen is also incredibly interesting to me obviously because i'm discussing what ifs now the next what if i'm because i'm going um i'm going historically in order this is the different events okay so, what if James II, King of England and Scotland and Ireland, uh, engaged in battle with William of Orange and his army in England be- instead of fleeing to France like he did and be and how and as a result William became king and his wife Mary, the daughter of James II, became queen? And that was the last Catholic monarch of England and Scotland. So, well, I guess you could argue Bonnie Prince Charlie did rule Scotland for, for a short time, and that, I guess, well, but he wasn't the king. His father was. Anywho, that's neither here nor there. James II takes his army, even though the Duke of Marlborough... So, but let me explain, actually. I covered this a lot in my Jacobitism uh, story, my uh, Jacobitism uh, pod episode. So, William of Orange was invited by the Protestant parliamentary figures to invade England um, in the Glorious Revolution with Dutch troops. And he... And basically, the time when James II decided to flee was because the Duke of Marlborough, his most uh, ef- effective commander, as well as some other nobles and officers, joined the other army, and that's when he called, when James II called the quits. Now, what if he engaged in battle? I have no idea. This is actually one that I don't really know how to guess because... It basically comes down to whether he won or whether he lost. So whether he, if he won, he would have stayed king of England, and I actually don't have too many guesses upon what would actually have happened at the time. Now, if he had lost, I believe his child was already brought to um, France at the time. I, I assume that his child would have already gotten away to France even if he lost in battle. He lost in battle. He probably would have been executed. Or at least definitely banished. So if he was executed. It would just. It may have created more support. For the Jacobite cause. It may not have. It's really unclear. That one's the shortest one. Because I think it's extraordinarily hard. To guess what could have been affected. In the future. Let's just say a lot. Could have been affected. The uh. At least there would have been wouldn't have been a if he had if James II had won there wouldn't have been a Dutch uh, Anglo-Dutch alliance in the uh, different wars that were going on the wars of Louis the so things would have been very different at that now the next one is regarding the War of Spanish Succession is what if Joseph the First Holy Roman Emperor didn't die at the time he did, without, um, yes, didn't die, the time he did, and maybe he would have had a son instead, you know, maybe he would have had the opportunity to have a son, and Charles, his brother, ascended to, was able to ascend to the throne of Spain as King Carlos III, and the Habsburgs would have, so these are the Habsburgs, then they would have retained the Kingdom of Spain for the Habsburg monarchy. Now, Spain at this point had become very weak, so it's arguable that the Habsburgs may have just dodged a bullet there. Actually, by losing Spain, and actually, they gained most of their um, those sort of the wealthier areas and probably the most constructive parts of the Spanish Empire in Europe. So it's unclear if it was an overall good that they lost or if it was overall bad. But let me ex- just explain the situation. Jo- so when Charles II died and he had left his kingdom to the Duke of Anjou, I believe Philip the um Philip the grandson of Louis the 14th, one of the grandsons, not the I don't think it was the the heir to the, the dauphin it wasn't the heir to the throne but but the whole pr- thing would be that it would have united spain and france as one monarchy just as uh spain and the Habs- the spain and the rest of the Habsburgs dominions m- may have been united if uh charles had become carlos, king carlos of spain but uh th- so this is predicated under on the fact that king or the emperor joseph who uh pressed his brothers claims to the kingdom of spain would have uh not have died and they came very close to taking over spain and i believe uh charles was even crowned as king of spain at a time for a time and uh, the British uh, would have continued, or the English would have continued on the fight, if Joseph didn't die, and that would have brought the same. And Charles's claim to the Spanish throne brought the same problem that the that the uh, that worried everyone else about uniting the basically uniting under Habsburg monarchy, Spain, and the Holy Roman Empire, or the the Austrian Empire, depending on how you saw it at the time, Um, just like Spain and France coming together. So Britain backed out, and Austria was unable, or the emperor was unable to take over Spain and become king as well. And the Duke of Anjou was made King of Spain. Now the premise would be that the Spanish uh, King would would have become Carlos III, would have become Charles, instead. And instead he, and instead of becoming Emperor, he would have been King. This would have this again very different would have changed a lot of things regarding this American the American Revolution it would have changed a lot of things in the bloodline of the uh sort of the Habsburgs just you really would have gotten a completely different Habsburg line so that's just kind of bizarre so I don't really know exactly what would happen it, let's just say it would be extraordinarily different and the habsburgs probably would have had an empire like a global empire instead of just a european empire and that would have been just as interesting um i think there's a lot of things to uh, for me to look into to decide sort of more things that might have happened so i might uh i might rethink about this later and just sort of be- and sort of talk about it again later, but Spain was really on the decline financially and economically, so it's unclear if this would have been a hindrance or help to the Habsburg dynasty in the long term. Now, the last one I want to discuss is what if the last faithful field marshal of the uh, field marshal's letter of you know of austria hungary made it to the last emperor, and he was able to reestablish order in the capital so this is nineteen twenty i believe nineteen twenty um Emperor Karl I is Emperor of austria hungary, and so the disintegration of the army is in effect. the armies are disintegrating. Amongst them, and the last loyal field marshal, I believe he was a Croat or a Serb. He was either a Croat or. I, no, he was a Croat, I believe. Um, he sent a letter to the emperor to ask if he was needed to bring, or basically, he offered to bring order back to Vienna. And bring his army up to ensure that Karl would would stay on the throne in Austria. And but what instead happened was that someone else received the letter and wrote back, pretending to be the emperor and saying no to the assistance, which changes a lot of things historically and if the emperor would have would have received the message and would have said yes which i don't think is a long stretch to see is possible the order would have been order could have been restored in uh austria which would have possibly affected order in hungary since they eventually the communist government that took over in hungary was then replaced by a regency under Admiral Horthy, so it could have been easily conceivable that the Habsburgs would have then stayed in control in Austria and Hungary, and even maybe in Croatia and Slovenia. Maybe not Czechia, Czechia and Slovakia, which was Czechoslovakia at the, at, after the war, but it's per- very perceivable that a lot of the, ha- the Habsburgs would have been able to stay in power in sort of an easier route. Um, obviously, they didn't stay in power in real life. There's no emperor of Austria-Hungary. There's no emperor of Austria. There's no king of Hungary. The whole point is that things could have been changed, and at Winston Churchill gives me this argument that I will press forward to many of you that he says that if Austria or if the kings if the wait if the Habsburgs were treated better uh after World War 1 and were able to stay in power at least some in some manner the Nazis would not have been able to execute their their missions their Horrors and their expansionism in such a way because there would have been a giant uh, sort of uh, block in the middle of Central Europe preventing them from overtaking many feeble governments. And that's what really happened is that when, after World War I, there was a giant vacuum of power in uh central europe and the nazis filled that vacuum and the habsburgs could have easily had filled the vacuum in a stable manner and prevented a multitude of horrors and the problem in central europe is that it 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 uh it's nationalism in in many sense senses um not patriotism nationalism very difference very big differences Um, is really the proponent or is very problematic since they are all made up of very small sort of countries. All these uh, nationalists are very small comparatively to something in uh, a Habsburg state that would have been strong in the sense that it could have withstood or it could have at least slowed down a Nazi Takeover, and it all these weak governments of small states were easily manipulated and taken over by the Nazis, and there wasn't anybody strong enough in Central Europe to withstand them. The um one of the I think it was the Chancellor of um, Austria who who basically stood up against the uh the sort of the Anschluss was uh basically when they invaded when the Nazis invaded Austria and forced upon them a referendum that they oversaw which obviously was corrupt um they sent him to the the concentration camps and then he actually lived out the rest of his life after the war in America as a professor, which is kind of interesting. But so those are my what-ifs, and I intend to look more deeply into the what-ifs of history and give you more interesting um, more interesting looks at the possibilities of history and where we could have been. If if things had been a little different. Now, uh, if you like this video, or this, uh, not video, this episode, I always forget that. It's always easier, I think, to say video, but podcasts, episode, you're not actually seeing me, which maybe one day, maybe one day, you will see me, and maybe one day we'll have a video podcast that I can say video and a podcast instead like the podcast share it with your friends or anyone who you think may enjoy it and uh give us a good uh a five star review on Apple Podcasts that would be very helpful and and basically do if you like what I'm doing help me continue to do it show your support for me and I promise that I will continue to get more content out and everyone have a great day. Bye.